Shalom, Mishpacha. This is Sid Roth. Mishpacha is a Hebrew word. It means family. And we're the Mishpacha, the family with the Jewish heart. Welcome to today's edition of Messianic Vision and another appointment for you to be mentored to fulfill your destiny with a very supernatural guest. And now, here's your host for this program. It's supernatural television producer, Jackie Duval. Thank you, Sid. Today on Messianic Vision, our guest is Amy Gagno, and Amy was the director of children's ministry and on the church leadership at Bethel Church for 15 years. And she and her husband, Jeremy, have four daughters, and Amy has um, an amazing hunger to see children reach their full potential in Jesus. And she also has a passion for spiritual, spiritually healthy families living out revival in their homes in practical ways. And she is now helping Eric and Candace Johnson plant a church in Greenville, South Carolina. Welcome, Amy. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's an honor to have you. So let's take you back to when you were um, raised in a Baptist home, and at age 18, you got filled with the Holy Spirit. Tell us about that experience and how it changed you. Yeah, so like you said, I was actually born into a church plant that my my parents helped, and my grandfather was kind of the patriarch of the family. He's a Baptist minister in Southern California, and we just had a, a heart and a life for the church. But when I left home and I was raised in a Baptist church pretty much my whole upbringing, or evangelical, and I went to college, and it was a Christian Missionary Alliance college, so it was pretty neutral as well, Um, and it was in Redding, California, and when I got there, it was in 1994, so right after that, the uh, Toronto outpouring was happening, and the Holy Spirit was introduced to a lot of local pastors in the area, and they were flying up there and coming back and opening their church services at night for an outpouring Holy Spirit service. So one of my friends, his father was a pastor of this church, of a Christian Missionary Alliance church in Reading, and we went to that service, and it was taped lines on the floor and people just receiving an outpouring of the Holy Spirit, and I was in the back because it's nothing I'd ever seen or experienced ever in my life before. I actually was crying, but out of kind of more of a fear of I didn't understand this. And I was seeing my friends filled with the Spirit, fall to the ground, shaking, weeping, um, or laughing. And I had no idea what was happening, but what I was seeing in them Um, after that was they didn't want to just party and hang out. They wanted to tell everybody about what was what they were experiencing. And they were experiencing a touch, touch of the father and the Holy spirit. And so I called my grandfather at the time and I was, I was just scared and I was asking him for wisdom and guidance. And he said, what is this? And he said, that is the devil. And that was, crushing to me because it caused more confusion inside of me because I admired and loved my grandfather. an amazing man, gave his life to the church and to God, but I didn't feel peace about his words. I did not feel like that was the devil. I felt completely opposite. I said it felt scary to me, but it felt like it was God. And the reason to me was I just 
jumped into God's word and all I saw was fruit, the fruit of my friends on their life. Like they were advancing the kingdom of God by sharing and proclaiming what God was doing inside of them. And their lives were changed to, to serve God, to want more of God, to hunger after him. And I'm like, if this is the devil, this is a horrible plan. <laughs> this has to be God. This has to be God because there is fruit on their life. And um, what I grew up in was the Holy Spirit was an ax in the book of the Bible, and that was it. And I didn't know that the Holy Spirit was for today. So that was my first encounter, experiencing the Holy Spirit in my life. And from that moment on, the Lord came, the Holy Spirit came, and He would move in my life. He would speak to me. He would give me dreams um, and encounters. Wow, that's amazing. And tell us about the open vision that you had of the children where you realized God was calling you into a children's ministry. Yeah, like I said, I was born in a church plant, and I was the first baby in the nursery. So it was like a full circle moment in my life where I'd always served in children's ministry or been very active and a part of it my whole life. I went to school to be a children's pastor. Um, But this was after I graduated college. I was actually working in a real career job in a neuropsychology office, and we would have um, weekly evening worship encounter nights um, in our community, and I was on the leadership team, but as we were preparing for the night and praying in the room, the Lord came to me in a vision, and all of a sudden, I saw children um, of all ages and ethnic groups and colors, and they were just rushing past me over and over, and I was overwhelmed with um, what I was experiencing, and I was seeing children all over the world, and my heart became alive, and I I knew in that moment that Jesus was giving me the children of the world, and that is when I started to pursue children's ministry again. Um, Shortly after that, I was married, and my husband and I started volunteering in children's ministry. That's amazing, and Um, At age two, your oldest daughter saw Jesus for the first time. Tell us about that experience and what happened there. Yeah, again, so I married my husband, and he was raised in the charismatic movement. His father was a church planter up in Canada. So he was raised with um, the Holy Spirit active and alive in his life. And, of course, this was all something I was trying to catch up in my life with, with learning who the Holy Spirit was. And so as we had our own children, um, I wanted to make sure that I was attentive to who they are and what God put inside of them. But my husband was gone. Um, he's a teacher and he was at a Christian camp with the kids for the beginning of the school year. And I was at home in our brand new home, unpacking in my child's my daughter's room. And, uh, as we're unpacking, hanging out in her room, she said, mom, who's that man standing behind you? And I immediately was fearful because I thought there was an intruder in our home. Mm -hmm. And as I turned and looked behind me, it was just a white wall and and to a doorway and there was nobody there. And I was relieved actually (laughs) when I, when I saw that. And, um, 
as I turned back around, I said, oh, there's nobody there. She goes, yes, Mom, there's a man behind you. And I look. And at that moment, I started to remember, oh, I've heard of people who see in the spirit. And so as I turned to her, I said, there's somebody there behind me. And she said, yes. So I was like, okay, maybe this is an angel. And I said, is this a good man or a bad man? And she said, good. And I'm like, oh, good. And so I said, is it an angel? And she said, no, mommy, it's Jesus. And we had never thought that this was something, I mean, I've never experienced this in my life, but, mm-hmm. but tears filled my eyes and I felt the presence of God in that moment. And at that moment on, she would see Jesus and angels, but then um, later on, she would start to also see um, things in a different realm. And so she would see a bit of demonic. And so we had to kind of walk her through this journey in her life of something I didn't have any experience, but I had to walk her through how to manage this gift that she had to be able to see in a spiritual realm. And so at that point, I was asking people that I knew that also experienced this. And one of the girls that I um, worked with, she had had this as a child as well. She could see in the spiritual realm. And so I asked her, what can I do? And she, the first thing she said is, can you just believe her? Just mm-hmm. believe what she's experiencing is true. Because my friend at that time, her childhood, she wasn't believed. And so her parents were having her go to doctors to be um, analyzed and tested to see what was going on because they thought it was a mental health issue. And so she's like, just believe her and empower her that her words are powerful. So at that point, we started walking her through because as a mom, I wanted to be everywhere she could be. But the reality is is I can't. So how do I make her feel so powerful with this gift? So we had to tell her, especially in the scary moments when she would see something in the demonic, we had to tell her that greater is he who is in you than he is in the world. And so that we had to empower her to use her voice to tell it to leave in Jesus' name. Or when the angels are there, ask them why they're there. So she had to walk this out and manage this from two, three, four, as she went through her childhood. It was such a process and learning process for us. Wow. Wow, that's amazing, and that's that's so practical too. That what you taught her and how to how to have authority. And can you teach a little bit on that on how to teach uh, parents to teach their kids that they have authority over that? Yeah, we do. We have authority over the spiritual realm. We have authority over angels and demons. And so I think that this is what the enemy does: is he comes to kill, steal, and destroy. And so he's bringing you fear. And as a child, I can understand, but even as an adult. Seeing something that you can't wrap your mind around or logically explain. But like I said, Jesus gives us this promise that greater is he who is in you than he is in the world. We have authority over these realms. So what I would tell you to do is a couple things. So you need to ask, is this a good man or a bad man? There's another way that children also see is maybe they have an invisible friend. I don't know if you've heard a lot of kids have this like invisible friend. And so one thing that we've taught our kids to do is ask them if they bow to the name of Jesus or not. Mm -hmm. 
ask him if Jesus is their Lord and Savior. Um, and so that's one thing, question that we can decipher if this is more of the angelic or if this is more of the demonic. And then ask um, if it's the angelic, why are they sent here? Because Jesus sends his angels to, mm-hmm. to on assignment. And so a key there is why? Yeah. <laughs> what is their role? What do we need to do? Um, and one time in children's ministry, a little girl saw an angel in the room and asked one of our pastors, there's an angel over there. And he said, go ask them why they're here. And the child who saw it is the one who most likely will hear and respond and interact. So that's why he sent her back to ask the angel why they were there. And the angel said, I am a healing angel. So she came back and said, this angel said is a healing angel. And so they stopped the service and said, we're going to go after healing. And in that moment, the kids that needed healing ran to the corner of the room where this angel was. And immediately um, we had children who wore glasses could see without glasses again. (laughs) And so there was just really easy moments of entering into healing because they were recognizing why this angel was there because they asked, what's your assignment? And with the demonic, a practical thing is we have authority. So all you have to do is ask it to leave in Jesus' name. Jesus' name is the authority. Mm -hmm. And so you can also ask it to leave nicely. Like, isn't that an amazing thing that you can say, you need to leave nicely in Jesus' name Mm -hmm. so that it doesn't have to have this kind of mess that it creates like you can bind it Mm. (laughs) and tell it to leave and so it is just that simple um with our children and because of their pureness and heart there is just such a a simplicity to it because they operate in such a simple manner wow that's so good i know you already got into this a little bit but can you teach parents too on how to teach their kids to connect with god because that's something that's that you write in your book about how kids can have their own connections with God. Can you uh, teach a little bit on that? Yeah, I mean, there's so many different ways to have their own connection to God. I mean, for one, it needs to be modeled. Our children will, will watch what we do. So if you've ever seen videos of a child in worship, like as young as two or one, and they're raising their hands, it's because they're watching the people around them to see what are they doing and they're they're raising their hand in worship because that's what they're seeing before them. And that's people that are in true, you know, worship. And the baby's like, oh, this is our posture. This is what we do because they're just soaking up and learning what is happening in the moment. And that's how they actually develop and learn is by observation um, and listening. And they're studying everything. So when you do this with your children, I just want to encourage parents, walk with God the way that you walk with God, because they're going to watch you. (laughs) When you wake up in the morning and you're sitting at your table and you're reading your Bible or you're praying, do it in front of your children so that they can see your true authentic relationship with the Lord. And then ask your children questions. Like, would you like to pray with me? When I pray with God, this is why what I do. This is why I do it. Or when you read your Bible, show them 
would you like your own Bible? And I would say make things very age appropriate for your children. So don't give them a King James Version Bible. (laughs) I mean, unless they're drawn to it, then give it to them. But I would give them something very age appropriate that they actually can look at and learn from and invite them to have something that is valuable to them that is just as valuable to you. For us, we had worship always playing in our home in the morning because we just started our day in worship. And we would read our Bibles at the breakfast table. And I didn't expect my children to have to do the same thing, but I wanted it to see for them to see that this is something that's valuable to me. Um, Another thing is asking your children questions about the Lord. Tell them about your relationship with the Lord. But the key here is you do not want them to have your relationship with the Lord. One thing that I was raised in is I rode the coattails of my parents' faith, which was beautiful. And fortunately for me, I had later on in life discovered that I can have my own relationship, but I didn't realize that until I was out of the home and in college Mm -hmm. because I would default to them, which I think there is some value to that for families to have to instill your, your valuable relationship with the Lord to your children. But there is an element where at some point they're going to break off and have their own uh, life And you want them to not just do something out of a religious, structured way. You want them to actually know the voice of God. What does God sound like to you? Mm. Who is God to you? When you hear God, what does he sound like? And some children will say, I don't hear God. When that was the case for my um, second oldest, for eight years, she would be so frustrated because she couldn't hear God's voice. And we had to ask her, well, what do you think that it's? supposed to sound like, because maybe you are kind of expecting him to sound one way, but he really is sounding different to you, Mm -hmm. and you're not even realizing that's God. So it took her eight years because she would see her sister have an encounter with God that was different. Then eight years later, she realized God was experiencing, her experience with God was completely different from her sister's. When she felt the Lord, she, she would just feel him come upon her and she would move emotionally and her heart would just leap and her sister would have visions. So it was very different. And we had to realize and teach them differently and ask questions. What does God sound like to you may not be the answer that they're going to give you, but what does God feel like to you? Maybe something, or when you think of God, what are things that come to mind? Mm -hmm. Or when you hear God, is it scripture? Is it songs? Is it pictures? You know, we're all different and unique in in who we are. And you can see that there's so many personality tests out there that'll tell you who you are and what you are and how you operate. That's so true in how their experience with the Lord is. And so with their relationship, you kind of have to discover who you have in your home. And every child is going to be different from the other. Wow, that's so good. And you wrote a new book um, called Raising Powerful Children. Why did you write this book and what's it going to do for our listeners? I do. I have this wonderful book that I wrote last year through the pandemic. And I thought, wow, this actually feels very timely. Right. The reason I wrote this book um, and the way I structured this book 
was to give families tools to discover who they have in their home and how to spiritually develop their children. Um, when the pandemic um, happened, you know, the world stopped and shut down. And I had parents reaching out to me on social media because, you know, I was in the director of children's ministry. So they would call out to me and ask, how do I do church with my child at home? Because they depended on the church to lead their children spiritually, which I think is great. But I think what I found is, while we're having to teach parents how to create an environment at home that the church has done, it should be in home and the church reinforces. And so I felt like the structure um, was revealed to me that our homes need to be the place where we're developing our children and their connection and relationship with God. And as a family, we should be doing this together. I'm realizing more church children's ministry or youth ministry is leading our children to the Lord, even in altar calls or baptisms and asking Jesus into their heart when our parents are missing out on this beautiful moment that this should be something that they are experiencing themselves too. Right. Yeah, that's so good. And um, tell us about, and this, this is in your book, but tell us about this experience that happened in one of the four-year-old classrooms at Bethel um, when they, the, the team pretty much had run out of things to do and they were about to turn on a movie, but they decided not to. So tell us about that time that God's glory came. Yeah, so we, um, we have very long services. <laughs> I think when you have a culture that just wants revival and to go after the presence of God, that can last a long time. So we would have our children in our evening services for up to four hours. And so, you know, you think of a Sunday school class is about an hour, hour and a half. This is as a, as a, a teacher for children's ministry, you know, for every um, age, the child is Every year the child is, you have one minute of attention. So if you have a four-year-old, you have four minutes to do a Bible lesson, and then you have four minutes for worship, I mean, practically, Mm -hmm. developmentally. But when you add the component of the Lord, He can do anything. Mm -hmm. There's no time frame. And so four hours is a long time for our children. And so we've gone through the lesson and and the worship and craft and game and hang out. And the team was, you know, it's late. These little kiddos should probably be in bed by now, but we're going, you know, the service is going after revival. And I'm a firm believer that what's happening with our adults should not just happen with our adults. It translates to every age. Mm -hmm. So when we're going after revival, our classrooms are not just a holding tank for children. We actually should pursue revival in our classrooms with our kids. We should pursue connection with God. And it's going to be fun. It's going to be enjoyable. And um, God shows up every time. So this is a long night that our team was going through. They did everything that they had for the agenda. And they were like, maybe we'll just put like a kid's video on, a Bible video. And the team just actually didn't feel peace about it. They were like, 
wait a minute, they can do this at home. They can watch one of these videos at home. We're supposed to do something different. We're supposed to press in. And so the teachers decided, you know, let's just ask God what we're going to do. So, you know, they actually started walking around the room while the kids were just sitting there trying to figure out, okay, God, what are we going to do? And at the time, they started to pray in the Spirit. And they were speaking in tongues, asking God for just wisdom. And one of the teachers stopped and realized, I bet these kids have no idea what this prayer language is that we're doing. (laughs) So in in that time, they actually started telling the children, do you know what we're doing? And started teaching them about what they were doing. And then they started to pray over the children um, and asked, hey, does anybody here want to receive their prayer language? And at that moment, kids started raising their hands. And the presence of God started to fall over these children. And they felt this weight and glory in the room. And children were starting to receive their prayer language And if they weren't, there are other kids that were encountering and feeling the spirit of God. And this went on for almost 30 minutes. I mean, at that point, service had let out and we had parents waiting at the door watching in tears because they were seeing their children filled and encountering the Lord in a whole new way with their language or being filled with the spirit. And it was one of our most favorite nights ever. And it was just showing us that there's always more. There's always more. And there's moments where the spirit is moving us to a different place and we just have to press in and then invite the kids into it, you know, and teach them about it. That's so good. And what was the fruit of that? I know you, in the book, you talk about how you saw a lot of fruit from that experience. What happened because of that? Yeah. uh, We heard from the parents that there's such a hunger for more of God and their their love for what God was doing in their hearts and life, what their experience, they wanted more. And they started to see, you know, encounters. They started to have dreams. They would hear the Lord or they started to passionately pray in their, in their new spiritual language. Uh-huh. And we saw, I mean, we see and saw healing all the time. (laughs) And that was something that was just normal now. This was like the watermark hit a level of this is my new normal and I don't want to go back. This is where we're going to at least start here and now go further. Wow, that's so good. Now, speaking of healing, your youngest daughter prayed for a man with a heart condition. Tell us about that. Yeah, um, it's actually my second youngest daughter because we had a surprise baby after that. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, we were just in church one Sunday morning. And as we start our service, before service, we walk around and talk to people and visit. I'm sure everybody does this in church and you're connecting with people. So we were seeing our familiar faces. And there's this one family in particular and... Um, I stopped and chatted with them and my, my girls were with me and they started to tell me, Hey, we would love prayer. This is what something is going on with us. So the husband had said that he had a horrible report from his doctor regarding his heart. And, um, he was about 
in a week or a week and a half from that moment, he was about to go into open heart surgery um, because it was the only option. Um, I believe he had three clogged arteries or something was going on with the valves. I said, well, let's just pray right now and let's have um, the kids here pray. And so we stopped and prayed. And that time it was my youngest, but she's my second youngest daughter, um, began to pray over this man's heart. Like she just found her voice and it was a real quick prayer. And she said, Jesus, I just pray that his heart is whole and healthy and you heal him in your name. It was it. (laughs) And, um, we, they thanked us. We hugged them. We went on our way to our seats and to service. And it was just normal for us to pray and love on our, our friends. Uh, we didn't see them for a couple of weeks. And then several weeks went by and I stopped to talk to them and they were just so excited to see me. And they, the husband actually said that I just wanted to tell you after that, we went back to the doctor and said, can you do one more scan before the surgery? Just do one more scan just to make sure. And they did a scan of his heart and they held up both images and the husband's heart was healed a hundred percent. Wow. And, um, he said that after my daughter had prayed for him, um, weeks before he felt something happen inside of his body. Hmm. Like he, he physically felt something shift and he knew that he had to go to his doctor and ask for another scan because he really believed at that moment that God had healed him. Wow. That's, that's amazing. And that just shows like we don't have to have this long drawn out prayer. We can have just a simple prayer that connects to the Lord. And that's amazing. I just want to talk about one more thing before we close. How important is declaring the word of God over your child? And what are some declarations you've made over your children? Yeah. So a declaration it's one of those big words, but it's basically just um, speaking life and truth. <laughs> yeah. It's speaking sometimes even faith for things that we don't maybe see right now, but we know because God's word is true. For us, declarations is something that we have always done at every stage of development. So it's not you have to have an understanding of what is being said. It is just speaking over your baby while they're in the womb. Mm. (laughs) And one thing, just even developmentally, your baby while in the womb is hearing your voice. And that's one thing when, you know, in psychology, when the baby is born, they can't see, you know, their, their seeing is very fuzzy, but they know the voice of their mother and father because they've heard the voice of their mother and father while in the womb the whole time. Mm. And so speaking and declaring truth into an identity into each other, you know, that happens at any, any age of our life, but we've always done it from womb to, to old. And basically it reinforces identity, truth, and connection. So we're using biblical truth. We're speaking it over ourselves, our children, and it just is reminding us what God is saying, what he, he, he says is true. Even if it's not happening in your life, we believe that God will fulfill his promises. So if we can teach our children to put this truth over their circumstances, mm-hmm. to make them believe these declarations on a constant basis, 
then this becomes a tool that they can use in any part of their life. Our children, when they walk into hard situations, they're speaking, I'm powerful. Like just that one declaration is, I am powerful. So right now, as our kids are about to go to school and they're overwhelmed with coming into a new environment and making friends, and this is very true for my kids right now because we moved across the nation and we've only been here three weeks and they don't know anybody. And they're going into school and they have to remember, I'm powerful. I'm important. How he made me is amazing. And as they're saying these things, they may not believe it, but they're declaring it to believe it is true. Mm -hmm. And this is one thing that you can also speak to each other, teach your kids. So when they see other kids, you know, kids will say things over themselves and it's typically negative. We have always, all of us have negative Mm self-talk. And um, this is one thing where you can counteract that by saying, do you know you're loved, you're chosen? And that is true. Right. They may not feel loved, they may not feel chosen, but that is what God did when he knit us together in our mother's womb. He actually created each and one of us for a purpose. And we have a purpose in this life. We were chosen and we are loved because he spent time making us all uniquely different. And so Proverbs 18, 21 says there is death and life in the power of the tongue and those who love it eat its fruit. So our words can bring life and they can bring death. And so what we're trying to to teach our children is that very truth. Our words are powerful. Mm -hmm. And isn't it greater that we all have this self negative talk that we can counteract that with truth? You can't harm a person by telling them they're beautiful right. or they're powerful or they're brave. When when you hear those words, it only brings life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I just tell our kids, you can't ever go wrong by telling somebody something amazing about them. That's true. Yeah, so good. Well, we have run out of time. It's been so good. Thank you for your time, Amy. But before we close, can you say a prayer, just anything the Lord is showing you over the parents listening right now? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you. I actually appreciate this is something I really love to do is to release courage and strength into our our parents. So I appreciate you making time for that. Yes, Jesus, thank you that you've given us your spirit to be our counsel and guide and that you are alive and well today. And I just pray right now for parents all over and children all over, Father God, especially in this season of school starting and transition, and even in this this pandemic world that we're living in, God, that um, your spirit will come in power and truth. And I just pray, Father, that our homes would thrive in relationship and connection with you. Holy Spirit, I just ask that you would move on the hearts of our families, that you would create healthy, whole families who are passionate to know you and encounter you in new ways. Father, I ask from the rising up to the laying down that there will be moments in our children and families' lives where you're encountering them in new ways. Father, I pray for the hearts of all of our 
listeners, Father God, that you would start right now, start moving upon their heart, start speaking to them, start showing them who they are. And I ask for this um, hunger, Father God, to be released right now, this hunger to ask you questions, to learn more about who you are and who you are to them and why we are all created and what is our purpose, what is our destiny, Father God. I just release hope right now, hope in every home. I pray for miracles. I pray for the power and authority of Jesus to be released over their hearts, their words, and their minds. Lord, would you just awaken our families to a place to lead a revival in their home, that their homes would be filled with your power, your authority, and your spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. And you've been listening to Messianic Vision with our guest, Amy Gagno. And now here's Sid to tell you how you can get this special resource. Amy Gagno has such a passion to help children, your children, make authentic supernatural connections with Jesus. In her brand new book, Raising Powerful Children, you will discover how, and it's simple, and it works. Empower your kids to develop their own powerful prayer lives. Train your children in the prophetic. Equip them to minister supernatural healing. Create space for them to encounter God. And teach them to decree and declare truth over their circumstances and not keep being faked out as most adult Christians are today. You'll also get the brand new Moments with Jesus Encounter Bible. It's by Eugene Looning. The Moments with Jesus Encounter Bible put kids in the middle of the action of 20 essential stories from the four Gospels. Kids come face to face with the living Word Himself and learn about His love for them on a personal, experiential basis. Don't miss Amy Gagno's brand new book, Raising Powerful Children, and the brand new Moments with Jesus Encounter Bible for an investment of only 35 U.S. dollars. To order, call 1-800-447-2697. Once again, that's 1-800-447-2697. Or go to our website at sidroth.org, S-I-D-R-O-T-H dot O-R-G. Just ask for offer number 9793. Once again, that's offer number. Nine, seven, nine, three.